You are listening to Endometriosis Unplugged, hosted by I Care Better, a podcast dedicated to everything endometriosis. We hope that these stories and insights will help those suffering get the help they need and to remind you, you're not alone. I'm your host, pelvic floor physical therapist and integrative nutritionist, Jandra Mueller. We're back. Yes, this is really exciting. I have been waiting for this moment to be back Same. on the podcast. Yeah, we had such good feedback. A lot of my patients are asked, when are you guys bringing it back? When season two? I have many new stories that want to be shared, uh, including one woman and she wanted to talk about dating and endo, which I think will be awesome. Wow. And she has an interesting story as well. Uh, so she will be on season two, which oh, leads us good. to a few announcements. We are bringing the podcast back for season two. We are very excited. It will be launching in March for Endometriosis Awareness Month, and we have some exciting guests lined up, and we are happy to share these stories and insights with you all. Awesome. We also have some other big announcements, which is why we are coming and giving a little teaser. Say, do you want to talk about what's coming up next for I Care Better? Yeah, I would love to talk about this. If, if you don't mind... Uh... Oh my God, I'm I'm a little overwhelmed, to be really honest here. Starting this podcast again for season two and what we want to do um, as our next project, it's a, it's a really special moment for me right now. Uh, talking about it is also bringing me anxiety because um, I think this is one of the biggest projects that I've ever done in my entire life. Maybe the biggest ever to, to be also done in the future. <laughs> It's the unknown. Um, so first of all, yeah, that's the that's the unknown that we are going to talk about it today. Uh, before I get that, I wanna I wanna tell you, Jandra, something that I wanna I wanna share my own opinion and and thoughts about the podcast that you have been doing in the last couple of months, and now you're resuming season two. Uh, I really believe the community needed a new voice, a new voice that had logics to it, wasn't, you know, wasn't married to a specific class of thinking or wasn't especially antagonizing the entire establishment of the care and say everything that they do is wrong. Uh, bring a like, sense of legitimacy, bring a sense of, okay, what science says, what evidence says, what, what other people say. Uh, we didn't have this for a long time. One, on one side, the the old establishment would say endometriosis, couple of crazy stuff. Endometriosis gets cured by pregnancy. Endometriosis surgery means hysterectomy. You have to take the ovaries out. Uh, you have to give patients Lupron and it's done. That's the mm -hmm. old school thinking of the endometriosis. Then in that context, a new movement uh, started. So some people have started thinking about excision and introducing excision and, and Nancy Peterson and David Redwine started to lead that voice. Mm -hmm. But because so many people were against them, like they would say, what do you mean by excision? What do you mean re removing uh, non-classic lesions are important? What do you mean by like bowel endometriosis? So they put these people like Nancy and David Redwine, 
اینطور دیفنس مان so they had to try to survive in their survival they had to go too aggressive against the aggressors which I think was, was the right strategy at, at some point absolutely uh, then moving forward like now about three decades more over three decades after those incidents we are at the point now uh, that almost every gynecologist comes out of residency knowing what excision is they can do it or not is questionable most likely not but they know what excision is and they know excision is the, the right procedure for for patients mm-hmm. and a lot of patients that go to doctors still we still have like seven plus years of delay in diagnosis but they then come to social media instagram facebook or they go to google so they immediately learn if they if they have pelvic pain or whatever they immediately learn word endometriosis whether they will be diagnosed with it or not that's another question so we are living yeah. in a new world post that initial uh, conflicts but in this new world i think we are becoming by ourselves not us but the the movement that was trying to bring the voice to endometriosis community and make it something more important than hysterectomy or more important than have a baby and you will be fine then that that is becoming a silencing force at this point mm-hmm. and a lot of people with new ideas uh or with a different experience in this same uh, in this same care process with this with a different experience they don't they don't feel better after an excision surgery for any reason we know there is a thousand reasons not to feel mm-hmm. good after an excision surgery they they are being silenced now uh, it's like no you can't be right it's it's impossible we just fought for this excision surgery and this whole experience of endometriosis patients and you have gone through that what we fought for and now you're telling us you're not feeling as good so that experience is becoming invalidated and and i do i, I want to chime in here real quick because i think it's important for anyone listening that we are not talking about persistent endometriosis, meaning your doctor told you you had an excision surgery but may have only had a biopsy or they were only able to remove what they felt comfortable and you needed another surgery because you had deep infiltrating and they couldn't do it at that time. Or there was you know, leftover endo that's non-classical type. We're not talking about those people. We are talking about people that have gone to people we know that are vetted in whatever form, not just through I Care Better, excision surgeons that still have persistent pain to some degree after a true excision surgery. So I just want to clarify that for people listening. We are talking about that population. Exactly. And just to confirm what you just said, was we, I Care Better, created a vetting system to find the right excision surgeon so we know when we say excision it's excision by the right people who are most likely vetted but of course it's a it's a completely different experience if you go to a top excision versus some random doctor so mm-hmm. 100% thanks thanks for emphasizing that side of it so now here we come with a different point of view we, we come with all right we have moved the needle to some certain level, but now we, we want to open the discussion. We want to we do more. We want to create more innovation. We want to bring 
how we can have a non-invasive diagnostic which is more accurate and is more specific, more sensitive than any other thing in the world at this point. How we can have the best care experience for a patient before and after surgery, because surgery, we all know, is one step in care, and endometriosis is a chronic disease. Everyone knows that. You cannot heal a chronic disease with one surgery. So now we are bringing these point of views. Uh, not that we are bringing, we are giving platform to these point yes. of views. Like, these are other facts in the community. You can't, they exist. You can ignore them, you can neglect them, but yeah, they exist. So what you did in the last podcast, in the last season, which was the first season, you really opened that conversation, opened the platform. You talked about so many different stuff, about the sexual well-being, about the masses in endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Like everything that you talked about was, in my opinion, was every part of it was new for so many people. And thank you for doing that. And we're going to do hopefully more of that this season and more of that for the, the all the seasons that are going to come, which I'm hoping will be endless. So thank you for that. And I'm really excited for this season. Me too. Well, thank you for allowing me to have this platform and talk about it because I, I am very passionate about it. I have been through, through it myself, but also have been through the, you don't have it, even though you had a surgery and things like that. And so Especially in my experience, which I know is not unique, I I didn't have the typical period pain every month. I had intermittent episodes that were very distressing and led to ER visits, but a lot of mine was GI. And so why I have ventured outside the box a little bit is because I've I've had to for my own sake. I had more immune system issues that, yes, while the excision surgeries I had, I've had two now. Uh, did help significantly with certain things. There's other things that I had to work on. And so you have to kind of go outside of just surgery to have people listen to you, to do the things that are going to help you. And a lot of the things that I've done don't help other people. And so it's it's so tricky and it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. Exactly. And so imagine now patients similar to you, which I have spoken with countless of them, go through this same experience. Some some can find um, help and relief with a specific way of treating or lifestyle. The others won't. Now what? Do you want to tell them you're lying, that lifestyle should work? No. We have to sit with a patient, listen to them, what worked, what didn't. What didn't work, put it aside, forget about it. What worked slightly, maybe at a very minimum level, let's open that up, how we can mm-hmm. do more of that. Or introduce new paths that has been tried for other patients, but this patient is not aware of. So you need a problem-solving mentality to help a person with endometriosis before or after surgery. So what you just said was exactly right. And that's the basis of the thing that you're going to announce today. So... Before I make the announcement, I, I want to review why, why we get to where we get now and uh, quickly. So in 2020, we started I Care Better by uh, the help of the top experts in the world and some advocates to create a vetting platform, which basically um, asked surgeons to submit their videos and the videos were reviewed anonymously. So we could find some of the best surgeons in the world 
and some surgeons who had no other way to introduce their skills and prove it, we helped them to come and introduce themselves to the community and deliver incredible amount of value to patients and help a lot of patients. Then after that, we introduced a physical therapy directory because that's what patients needed. They needed help for their pelvic dysfunction, for anything as an impact of pain and uh, endometriosis lesions in their pelvic. They needed someone to help them with function and with uh, movements. But they had to go to random physical therapies. But with the help of physical, a physical therapy and an advocate, we created an endometrial, uh, physical therapy directory for patients. And these physical therapists are the best in the country to treat endometriosis patients. Besides that, we have done so much education, like your podcast, which I think was one of the most important events in the endometriosis committee in 2023. Or we have published hundreds of articles. Now we have thousands of uh, followers on different platforms. Each month, we are interacting with over 40,000 patients wow. each month. And these are like incredible amount of work that is going through this platform, through our team, like yourself and other people. And patients are benefiting from, from this. But one question that recently constantly came up was, what is the plan? Uh, do you know anyone? Patients would ask me, do you know anyone who can take care of me after surgery in my region? Like in, in, I had patients in Seattle, in D.C., every single area in the country. They reached out to us and they asked, can we help them find a routine gynecologist to OB-GYN to help them after surgery or what to do before surgery? And what I did, I, we planned for reaching out to a couple of gynecologists regionally. It didn't work. There was like this surprising like negligence or like lack of interest from OBGYN to have these patients in their practice. Then I thought, okay, it's not going to work if you want to go one by one. Mm-hmm. We purchased a list of 10,000 gynecologists in the U.S. And we emailed them, invited them to become a network for providing care to endometriosis patients before and after surgery and help with the diagnosis and everything. And not even one OBGYN wanted to do that. Not surprising. And I'm really like, you know, I'm shocked. Why, why these people don't want to see these patients? But, you know, we know what the history is um, mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason. And the patients who go to these OBGYNs, they go to the first one, they are well received. Oh, I'm sorry, you have pain. Let's treat, let's try this treatment. This is the first OBGYN. After four months, patients go back. I'm still in pain. Immediate response is, okay, now you have to be like pain-free because we are, run, we are out of options. How are you in pain? You're making it up. Blame it on patients. Patients, patient goes to the next one. So it's like hitting reset button, goes to the first First session, oh, yeah, you are in pain. Let's treat these same exact treatments that you used there. Four months later, you are at that point. Again, people are turning their eyes away from you or they are giving you this like impression that you are making this thing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's patient's experience. We try to find a network to solve it, but unfortunately, no one volunteered to be a doctor in our network to do that for non-surgical mm. care. So... We had two options, either just forget about it 
let it go, yeah. let patients suffer, which wasn't my thing. I, I have a personal connection to this disease, which I'm happy to talk about. Um, makes me emotional whenever I talk about it. Um, or or find a solution for it. And from from how how I know myself, and people probably know me, I'm I'm not the person to leave the problem on the table and, and walk away. I'll try to find the solution and create an opportunity from that solution. So with that, uh, we decided, okay, if there is no one willing to take the responsibility of these patients before and after an excision surgery, we will take it. We will take it, we will start our own clinics. We will start eye care better clinics to help these patients at the point of diagnosis before surgery we help them to get to the vetted surgeons on eye care better and receive them after surgery and help them to walk through post-surgical care and long-term care pre-fertility plans whatever thing that comes down the road or before the surgery we want to take care of it we don't we don't want to leave our patients alone to figure it out by themselves so that's the big announcement our first eye care better clinic is going live within a few weeks. Lunch is the week of yes. Um so the first uh specialist uh that um is gonna work with us, let's say the first PA physician assistant would be Marisa um Barber and the supervising physician would be Dr. Stephen Vasiliev. Um so basically yeah we are we are doing it. We are trying, and the first clinic would be in Central California in Slow. Okay. And this, the clinic would provide uh, provide health care to people with pelvic pain but no diagnosis. So we help them to get to diagnosis. We help them to get prepared for the surgery if they are planning to go under surgery with whoever in the country. Then after the surgery, we communicate and get them uh, to go through post-surgical care process. Any complementary uh, specialty that they need, we will help them to get the referrals. We will follow up with them. We will follow up with the doctor who got the referral. So instead of being alone and figuring out everything by yourself in your room, being alone, we will actually figure things out for you and we will fight for you. So it's not going to be you, a patient, against a health system would be a health system against another part of health system which is completely different dynamic can imagine yes yeah very exciting so i think to Um, kind of explain why this is important for especially patient facing because patients don't always understand the background behind the medical piece of it. You know, for one, a lot of the surgeons that will be the person you choose to do your surgery, they are booked with surgeries. And so you still have to get your regular pap smears and pelvic exams and things like that. And so many people will have, you know, their regular guy, but then their surgeon and you go to your surgeon when you suspect something. So, but wouldn't it make more sense to go to a clinic that really can still understand how to identify your progress? Oh, you know, you're having some symptoms here. I'm a little concerned that there might be regrowth or an endometrioma, things like that. You don't want to have to go to the regular ultrasound clinic. Like in, in San Diego, we have, you know, imaging healthcare solutions that generally provide tons of imaging, but non-specialists. I know when I had to go get an MRI from one of those, 
it was very confusing because there were certain terms that were written on there of how to do certain imaging to look at things and they had no idea. And so sometimes it just gets skipped. And so I think it's really important to have a guide center that isn't focused on surgery per se, but that can look out for you and help you navigate when you may need to revisit that surgeon or go to one in the first place. The other thing with that is many doctors will require like a pre-op and physical. So that can include an EKG or certain blood work. And maybe you want to talk to an anesthesiologist or just a, a person knowledgeable about what supplements or medications can I take before surgery? What do I have to stop? You know, I get those questions a lot because I'm the point of contact for the most part, but really that shouldn't be my role. Happy to do it, but we need people out there that are more knowledgeable about these things even from the billing side of things, you know, endo is a tricky diagnosis and we want to make sure that whatever can be covered can be covered, whether that is covered in your network insurance or even out of network benefits. We want to make sure that it's coded right, it's billed right so that you can have the maximum reimbursement or coverage. Yes, you nailed it in head. Uh, just to piggyback on what you said, imagine... Um, one like a specific patients that they've spoken with let's after surgery with one of the best in the country three or four months after the surgery she had pain and she really didn't know what to do because the surgeon was so busy she couldn't go to that surgeon for like hey i'm in pain like that surgeon's responsibility is not to ask to uh, to respond like are you in pain like is this like appendicitis is it like what is the pain really so you should have someone who understands medicine, but truly focuses on endometriosis. Yeah. But also it cannot be your surgeon because the surgeon is not accessible. And a lot of times patients have to travel to get to that surgeon. So for yeah. pain, you can't go travel across the country to that surgeon. Or they need a or, physical exam, not just a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So now again, after three months, four months, you are in pain. This is not endometriosis. Like a year later, you are in pain. What's, what is it? Is this endo? Is it not endo? Who is going to respond to this question? The random office around the corner or the office which is focused on diagnosing and monitoring endometriosis mm -hmm. post-surgery? Because we all know, for example, endometrioma can come back. When? Yeah. No one knows. But it can yeah. come back. Um, so we, we have planned our care to be basically monitoring patients in regular follow-ups. If any patient comes in with pain, it's not like, oh, you in pain again? No, we actually are just, we are fighting to make this point a standard in the healthcare. A patient in the can come after four years and still be in pain. It's not exactly. patient's fault. Right. So we are not gonna say, oh, again, after four months, you are still in pain. We have no other options. Like. We try to find other things with you. It's a it's a problem solving approach with a patient, basically being the center of the care. Yeah. Or so from also from surgeon's perspective, if you think about it, so obviously we, after so many years, maybe decades of talking about how to differentiate a good excision surgeon from someone who just takes a biopsy and call it an excision, then burns the entire thing calling called ablation in reality mm -hmm. um, so how we can differentiate these two we created this process of video vetting so whoever goes in so we we find people who truly are excision are, are true excision excisionists rather than just claiming expertise so 
So we know good excision. We know many good excisionists. They are our friends. They are in our network. Yes. So I spoke with them. They also said this. Their time, like probably over seventy pace per seventy five percent of their time, goes for these follow ups, which they don't have that much power or access to patients to to give them the best idea. Most of the time, they just run out of option. They say go to your local office or go to your local emergency room because of no right. because of lack of option so even for surgeons if you think about it they told me it's an incredibly valuable option for the surgeons to have a center to send their patients to that center after the surgery so they know they are in good hands and also they know this center's core belief is excision is the gold standard that's yeah. the core belief of our endometriosis center but also we know that excision alone is not enough. So there is right. going to be pre and post surgical support and care. So yeah, exactly. to, to your point, these are, these are the value and importance of the, of the clinics. And we are starting in Central California, but the plan is to go nationwide. We already have planned the next four locations. So we know where the next four locations are going to be. And we know the, where the next four states are going to be after California. All right. Yes. Who are those lucky so, people? <laughs> you know, um, the first next location is going to be in Los Angeles. Um, the next three locations after Los Angeles will be south and, and north of California. Okay. Uh, where, which, with, with, uh, uh, which priority? We have to do some like analysis and we see the demand. Then we will make a decision. But yeah, we will have in San Francisco, San Diego, and Orange County. We will have clinics, and then we will move out of the states immediately. And this is a this is a fast operation. We're we're gonna make sure we deliver the highest quality of care, but also because of the situation, which in my opinion we are in a state of emergency for endometriosis patients before and after surgery. Even for surgery, we know there is a lack of access and affordability mm -hmm. in general. So we don't want to wait like a decade or two to make like small little changes. No, no, we right. we want to we want to make sure we deliver the best care. We want to make sure we make it a thing in the country. So every patient in any part of this country have a center which has their back. So we will call the the gastroenterologist. We call the neurologist. Tell them this is endometriosis patients, and these are common in endometriosis patients. Don't call them. It's yeah. not common in endometriosis. We know it's common and we are doctors. Listen to us. Yeah. And you know, that makes a whole lot of difference in dynamic when the patient receives this support. Absolutely. Instead of the patient saying one thing or, you know, I'm sure they did their research online. I mean, it's the population that probably knows more than most healthcare providers about their condition. And so I think that's even exactly. more frustrating when you know what you know, and then there's that... I'm the doctor, you were the patient, and I learned this in my medical school training, but we know that that's, you know, not happening. So it's sad that we have to have that buffer, but it is true. And so my, you know, hopefully in the future, we don't have that anymore and patients are listened to, but I don't think we're there yet. Yes. Unfortunately, we are not there yet, but what we are going to launch will be a massive movement it'll be a big step in that direction patients will be here because there is this center behind them supporting them and making their point valid 
Yeah. That's what Ayurveda's center will stand for. Awesome. So if I'm a patient and I'm having period pain or I don't know where to go, I may have done a little bit of research online or just no idea. Who's that patient that you want to capture and how do they find these clinics? So the patient at any point of their patient like disease journey, if they just, for example, in the case that you just brought up as an example, you just, you just have pain recently or for the last couple of years, no one takes that seriously or they just blame it as being normal or blame it on you being like making it up or whatever reason that they are all familiar with. Um, you can basically go to our website, which there is a link to our clinics. Uh, if, the, if there is a physical clinic around you, um, that's, I mean, I'm so excited to have that clinic around you. So you can go to that clinic. They start with taking a full history, analyzing your situation, what you have done, what you haven't done. Let's go through this diagnosis path, do the a full package of ultrasound or imaging just to have a picture if there are other things. And if you have done it in the past, use them. Then if you don't still have a clear answer for your pain, do diagnostic laparoscopy with a good excision surgeon. So if there is something there, they take it mm -hmm. out in one shot. So we won't have to go back again. So what we send you to the right surgeon around you and your within your comfort zone. So we don't have surgeons. We are not going to be surgeons. We are going to be the support care. So yeah, you find us on iCare better. And if there is none, no clinic around you, near you, there will be calm. There will be one coming soon. And within... Within five years, we want to be in 50 states. Amazing. So it's, uh, it's yes, I am so, that's, you know, I told you, it's probably going to be the biggest uh, project of my lifetime. Mm -hmm. It is going to be, I mean, looking at the operation level and the, the level of impact that we are planning to make on people's life, it just makes me so emotional to think about it. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be very helpful and very positive. I I know for me, I'd want to go to somebody who I at least can have the conversation with. Even as a provider, when I have to go in for certain things, I'm like, Jandra, just shut your mouth. Just shut your mouth. <laughs> Don't say anything, um, which is sad, but you just like go through the motions. And some of that is they're just putting you through the motions and certain things aren't needed. And so when they are, you want to make it worth it if you're going to have to pay you know, a, a significant copay for an ultrasound, you don't want to have to redo that and you want to make it worth your time. So just to also be clear, th these clinics are for those who have not been diagnosed with endometriosis. You may have a sense, you may be far along in your journey, you may have had surgery, you may have had a good surgery. These clinics are for you and for everybody dealing with non-routine non gyne issues or routine when you've already had your endo kind of dealt with and you're doing good, the clinic is still for you. And so you don't have to have a diagnosis to be taken care of. If you even have the slightest hint, you probably have endo, number one, but come to the clinics and find help. Exactly. Exactly. So we, we define the journeys in four stages at this point. One is pre-diagnosis, someone who has symptoms, but no diagnosis. We put them in a path to get a definite diagnosis. Uh, the, the, a definite diagnosis path goes up to like laparoscopy or robotic surgery to take samples. We don't leave patients like 
let's think about it. No, we, we are really aggressive in delivering good care. So pre-diagnosis or post-diagnosis, someone is just diagnosed, they are overwhelmed, they want to have a care plan. We sit with them and help them plan a care for themselves based on their personal decisions and, and you know, fertility, life situation, education, anything that comes, massive uh, important events in their life. So we plan something with them. We still believe excision is the gold standard, but for it, for every patient, the timing might be different. So we help them to decide, decide when they want to take it, if they want to take it. Then someone has the, has the decision to do excision, but pre, pre-excision, they're overwhelmed, they're waiting, they're in pain, they don't know how to manage life before surgery or how to get prepared for the surgery. Again, we have a plan for them too. Help them get um, the right care, the right medication, the right support system around them, the right referrals, referral network around them. Then go to surgery, and then you are back. Everything is pre-planned for you before you go to surgery. Then after surgery, if someone goes through surgery, then find us. Doesn't matter how how many months after surgery, we have a plan. If the surgery is with one of the best excisionists, so we understand like what to do if if the surgeon has been with someone who hasn't been necessarily the best or hasn't been known to be, we we, all, we, we know what to do in different situations uh, because yeah. the source of pain is different if your endo is out or half of the endo is still there and you're in exactly. pain. Exactly. So for different stages of life or someone wants to have a baby and that fertility has been the biggest problem with the endometriosis journey. So again, we have a plan for that too. We don't offer like fertility services, IVF, etc. But right. we put them in the right path for that plan too. So that's what we do. That's that's how we manage people and how we help people, help them achieve their goals. Uh, prescribe the right medications, do the right imaging, get them, like support them, plan for them, plan with them, troubleshoot with them, everything that they go through. So that's to your point doesn't matter where you are in the endometriosis journey we, we have definitely uh, planned for everything that you might go through life uh, with your endometriosis well it's very exciting and it's it been exciting to watch the process thus far so will there be more information coming out soon do we have a date the launch date is set to be the week of february 19th it was planned to be uh, february 1st but unfortunately, because uh, we have a tech, slight technical challenge at this point with one of our machines, so we postponed it for a couple of days to February 19th. But that's okay. a set date, and there is like no question it's going to go live on that date. And uh, yeah, we will constantly join our Instagram channel, uh, I Care Better, or any other platform like YouTube, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Or everywhere, or go to our website, join our email list on icarebetter.com, mm-hmm. and we will constantly put uh, announcements and updates out about new centers, about new services, about uh, partnerships that you are going to build. So we'll constantly keep people updated about these centers, and we, our plan is to build a community-based center in every location that we want to go. So we want to be deeply involved with the community with higher schools, with, with gyms, with physical therapists in the region, with every with every location, place that 
there is a slight chance of having someone suffering with endometriosis being in those locations. Right? Exactly. So we will be in the communities. We will be part of the community and, and we will try to educate people and be there for whoever needs us. That's awesome. We will keep updating everybody on the podcast as new updates come up as well. And any last words, Saeed? So we anticipate some pushback. Okay. Pushback will come from different group of people. Um, you know, some group don't have the knowledge. They think it's like irrelevant to have an endometriosis clinic because endometriosis is being taken care of already in the country. So they, they, these people are not important to me. I think patients will prove them done. There'll be some pushback from people who have fought for better endometriosis care and, and surgery um, for different reasons. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe they think like these centers would reduce the value of surgery, which I just told you, these centers will pro promote excision surgery and we will work with our surgical network, which is in our care right now, to refer patients to them and get patients back from them uh, because this is what we want to do. Because we, we believe, we deeply believe our physician partner, Dr. Steven Vasilev, he is one of the best excision surgeons in the country. And he believes deeply in excision. So believe me when I tell you, we really advocate for excision. These centers are supporting patients before and after excision. And uh, the other group would be um, people who, who might say, oh, these people like Arkebeta centers are going to, what are they going to use? Because other than excision, there is nothing that is useful or helpful. Meaning if a patient goes through excision and it doesn't reduce the pain, there is no other option. Oh, then you want to give uh, hormones or anything in that sense. And hormones don't cure patients or that doesn't heal endometriosis. We have said this a thousand times and probably going to say this another thousand times in the future. Everyone knows in our community and in our team, hormones don't cure endometriosis or right. they don't like, it doesn't, it, they don't shrink endometriosis or anything in right. that sense. But hormones uh, reduce symptoms. Yeah, they can for a lot and of people. Also, yeah. And the symptom defines the quality of life. Right. So if some person needs some hormonal management, maybe not for endometriosis alone, maybe this person needs just balance between estrogen and progesterone and other different hormones in their body. We and testosterone. Yeah, and testosterone, right? You can't say, no, forget about hormones because you just had excision. Hormones, hormones are important in human's body. It doesn't matter what gender you identify with. So, but you need that. You need that support. You need that monitoring and, and reinforcement of some hormones or, or a reduction of some other hormones. So and vaginal hormones, need... not just systemic or synthetic hormones. Vaginal hormones, probably every endo patient could benefit considering how many people have been on birth control and have vulvar pain syndromes. You know? Exactly. I mean, this is your expertise. You can probably talk a day about it, maybe a week about it. So, yeah, if someone calls us, oh, these people are like trying to push hormones on people or advocate for hormone treats endometriosis. Or, no, we don't. 
we do not believe hormones cure endometriosis or we don't believe hormones are the treatments for endometriosis. We believe excision is the gold standard. Yeah. I'm saying it here. Don't, don't misuse the mission yeah. of our company against us. And I think, you know, reflecting on the past year, it's a learning experience to be more public facing. And I think because of where we were before with endometriosis care, which I really do see us shifting away. I think not everyone gets it right still on the physician aspect. And, you know, I think everyone can agree in the last few years, there's been much more discussion around endometriosis. More people know what the term is, even if they don't know what it is. And what I've kind of gained is, I think, going, knowing what the people promoting these things believe in, which we've talked about multiple times on Instagram, on these podcasts, you know, I wouldn't be here if we weren't talking about excision surgery. And many of my patients, which many of you have heard from on this podcast, they know me and I, I'm always about, well, let's, surgery might need to do this. But I'm also very specific with them and say, you know, I think that and the surgery will help, you know, this, this and this. I'm not quite sure about this. So being in healthcare and having a license, you have to have different discussions and more open discussions to protect your license, but also to provide the best care for patients. I have patients coming from all over in not just physically, but in their journeys where they don't want surgery or they had a surgery and it took care of certain things and they're coming in with something else, but I still have the conversation with them, you know, okay, you know, let's move forward here, but I'm still thinking you may need to have a second opinion with a true excision surgeon. They may not have to have that surgery, but we don't know that. And so I think it's just important that when you're reading research or things are written, yes, language is important and people really know that I'm a big one on that. But at the same time, we also have to sometimes not be so like nitty gritty when it comes to that people make mistakes. There's certain things that get autocorrect. I mean, a number of different things can happen. It doesn't mean that the core philosophies have all of a sudden changed. And so I think it's just important when you're hearing differing opinions, um, there's a lot of help for you that you jive with and that's how you like it. Great. We are just trying to provide more access and education to the masses to kind of foster a sense of community and help more people. And that's why we're here and we're going to keep doing it. Yes. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, yeah. I mean, this is exactly what has been happening to us in multiple occasions. We are coming in the space with a startup mentality, with an innovation mentality, right? And when you come to innovate in a space, you can't innovate with people who have been there for 20 years and know all the facts. You can't solve a problem with the people who existed to create the problem, okay? And who, who or existed when the problem was there, right? Or was created. So now you need to bring new mindsets, fresh mindsets to this community to create new education paths, to new create education models. But they haven't been in this space for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So they are learning things. So 
So yeah, we, we want to take risks on new talents, on younger talents, on people who are just learning endometriosis, and they are going to make mistakes. Does that mean we change our philosophy? No, we created a vetting system for excision. You cannot tell us we don't know what excision is, right? You cannot tell us. This is like insane. Sometimes it really blows my mind. But yes, but we still believe in our people. We believe in our team members. We bring new people. We help them to give them platform, give them confidence. They make mistakes. They learn by their mistakes. And in a few years, they'll become a leading force in the community. Yeah. We, are, we cannot shut them or we cannot silence them or we cannot not give them a platform to talk because we are scared or because some, you know, the mistakes are going to be made no matter who. If it's a less experienced person, so we're not operating on a patient in our channels or in our discussions, right? We are just trying to spread information. If a word is like back and forth in, in this, it's it's not us changing the philosophy it's Correct. maybe some like low admin work being like you know some people being not completely clear on some facts and yeah. they'll learn by doing it and we help them to understand their mistakes so please on it's important for me that people really you, the point that you brought up it's really like just sometimes has given me like such a big like you know heartbreak like what how do you think we don't know what exigence or how do you think we don't know what medications do we created no one created this we created vetting for excision we know what a different surgeon what a good exigenist is we have seen surgeons passing excision and not passing we, we have seen it so it doesn't change overnight we are just trying to elevate the education elevate the awareness and we can't do it with just a few people around us. We have to bring new talents. Let's build, make mistakes. So yeah. please stay with us and tolerate us and, and help us with our mistakes and we will solve things. And I promise in the near future, we'll have a much stronger community if we can be more tolerant yeah. of each other. And work together and just be nice people. That's my belief anyways. So... Again, we are excited for season two, which will be launching, I believe it's March 4th, is the Monday. So episodes will come out on Mondays. Frequency, TBD thus far, <laughs> right now, is TBD. So we will keep you posted when there are new episodes, but there will be some regular episodes with new insights, new stories. So stay tuned. Uh, reach out if you have any questions. Leave a comment. Okay. And that's a wrap. We are back. Awesome. Thank you. I am so excited, Jandra, for you being back on this podcast. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. If you or someone you know is impacted by endometriosis, we invite you to join the I Care Better community and take action today. Hit that like button and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to stay updated on the latest episodes, stories, and expert insights. Connect with us on our website, icarebetter.com, or social media platforms at icarebetter. Be an advocate for endometriosis awareness. Share episodes of I Care Better Endo Unplugged with your friends, family, and healthcare providers to increase understanding and promote empathy. Together, we can make a positive impact in the lives of those affected by endometriosis. Join the I Care Better community today and let's create a brighter future for all who suffer because of this disease.